1: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This Thanksgiving, be thankful for free bets. New customers can bet $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Just remember to use the code PHNX when you sign up. Cheers and here with Johnny Venerable. Johnny, how's it going? We've got a big Friendsgiving uh, gathering tonight with the PHNX crew. I'm, I'm making stuffing as we speak.
0: Nice, yeah. We've got we're making some corn casserole, and it's. I'm looking forward to getting together with everybody. For those of you who don't know, so we have a very vast PHNX staff. So Cheerson and I and Frank mm-hmm. and sometimes so we hang out a lot, but we don't get to see other members of different beats and podcasts. So looking forward to having everybody under one roof tonight.
1: And that would be why we've got an early show today. So yes, two o'clock show. We got to get we got to get ready for Thanksgiving after this. All right. Well, Johnny, I don't know about you, but I am a big time people watcher.
0: Are you now?
1: People watch. Absolutely love. And typically, it's people that have consumed uh, large amounts of alcohol. Gotcha. That, those are the, the, the my favorite people to watch. Um, DJ Humphreys is also a big time people watcher but okay. uh, he likes to he likes to 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 watch sober people uh, apparently and he has advice in terms of if you are a people watcher, here is the absolute best place to people watch No question. Walmart got the most interesting people in the world and the most variety. It's a wide array of strange people at Walmart, man. I'm telling you, you gotta go. You can't go to Target, it's not the same. Target, you know, it's not the same. Walmart, it's a great time. Trust me, guys, trust me. Your next outing that you know you just gotta go get something generic, like some tape or, you know, anything that you can get from any generic store, please go to your nearest Walmart. Not a neighborhood Walmart, preferably a super Walmart. And go in there and do a lap. You don't have to go in, just do a lap and just
0: enjoy yourself. You're welcome.
1: I agree. Big difference between the super centers and the neighborhood Walmarts, big time difference. People watching definitely much better at Walmart.
0: So it's funny he should say that. So I went and saw uh, the new Ghostbusters with my son on Saturday and it's in the trailer. There's this scene where Paul Rudd goes to a Walmart to get ice cream and their little Stay puff Marshmallow Man are, are running around. But it's like the cleanest Walmart in the history of Walmarts. No <laughs> one's there. It's clearly there to pump up Walmart and, and product placement. I'm like, that looks like n- never a Walmart I've seen in my life. Usually there are people, mostly in like motorized carts, uh, rolling around, <laughs> hanging out. I'll uh, do respect you I'll know, do what you got to do. But yeah, it's a, um, it's kind of like the zoo for human beings.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, that's why you've got people of Walmart, like a whole website. I think that's what it's called, yes. a whole website yes, dedicated yeah. to it, which somebody reminded on reminded me on Twitter of that website. And I briefly clicked on it and it was the first few posts were somebody shopping with their cat and somebody shopping Good. with their dog in a stroller with sunglasses and a hat uh, and then from there, it went to uh, people dressed inappropriately, but you get a wide.
0: <laughs> some, some of the best ones, a woman or man using underwear for a mask right when the pandemic began. <laughs> um, and then there was a really disturbing one where somebody had like an iguana and they were letting it crawl over the produce. Oh, man, don't don't go with, with Walmart produce. Keep it keep it sealed in the box, in the packaging. Yeah, we thankfully we get our produce from Fry's, not Walmart.
1: Oh my god! Just hanging
0: out, there's a big lizard on the tomatoes. I don't
1: my though that's absolutely disturbing. Um, yeah,
0: great, and. For words.
1: I really am. I just have like these visions in my head of this thing crawling. on. I just can't even fathom it. It's, it
0: must've been a therapy that, you know, Walmart's good to go on like any cat. So If you want to bring Norman somewhere, to get some exercise. They basically <laughs> let anything fly with animals. <laughs> they will not push back. It's the people. New, in the front it's the Newman,
1: greeters. Johnny, not Norman. What did I say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Norman is the great value version of Newman
1: <laughs> but, a- <laughs> but actually we call him Norman sometimes as a joke because I guess in Seinfeld so my my boyfriend named Newman after Newman okay. and Seinfeld and I guess there's like a scene so I don't know what the scene is yes, but there is a scene a where somebody says goodbye Norman yeah and, yeah. yeah, and so sometimes we actually Norman. will call him Norman sometimes so that's really funny that you just said that <laughs>
0: That was not on purpose. That was a snafu by me.
1: Uh, All right. Well, uh, before we get into some Cardinals talk, we were talking yesterday about Espo and Saul making some big time money on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We're talking like over $1,000 because, I think it was because Jay Crowder hit the first bucket of the game. Mm. Definitely money to win, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I think they just put $100 down on it and cashed out on over $1,000. So this is the week to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code PHNX because they've got a turkey day no-brainer for you. New customers that bet just $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game, you're going to get $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. And... uh, They also have a same game parlay offer as well. So for those Thanksgiving games, all customers, so this is all customers, get a risk-free bet up to $25 if you bet on a same game parlay and it doesn't win. So risk-free up to $25. So why would you not do that? DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. As always, though, it's 21 and over, Arizona-only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, Johnny. Some comparisons can be drawn between the 2021 Arizona Cardinals – that are currently nine and two, and to the 2014 Arizona Cardinals, who also got off to a nine and two start to the season. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, not too many comparisons because we all know how that season ended. Lots yeah. of injuries, and it was a big time disappointment for a team that was thought of as a potential Super Bowl contender.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about it today. We were brainstorming similarities between the two, and there are just a vast number. So both teams starting out 9-2, and that team had quarterback issues. They lost not only Carson Palmer to an injury against the Rams, but then they lost backup Drew Stanton, and then they had to turn to Ryan Lindley. So they ended up losing four of their last six games. Um, We hope that that doesn't happen with the Cardinals. Colt McCoy played the best Drew Stanton impersonation, came out and got two road victories in three weeks. I think the difference is Carson Palmer, career injury concerns, older, right, immobile, whereas Kyler Murray has never been injured up until this point, has never missed significant time, high school, college, or now. So we feel like this is an outlier scenario. So there's there's one comparison. We're not going to dwell on that one too much. Also, defensive coordinators that were at the top of their game that could parlay their strong season into a head coaching job. So 2014 was the last season that Todd Bowles was with the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals had, I think, one, the top one or two defense in the NFL. They won the large majority of their games, especially in the last eight games, with their defensive performance. After Palmer went down against the Rams, the Cardinals still managed to win two more games, but they did not score over twenty points the rest of the season. But it was it was this infamous performance against the Rams. On Thursday night football, where the Cardinals won something to the effect of like nine to six, nine to nothing, and Bowles basically had his stamp on being the the next great you know DC that went on to get a head job. And this year, it's Vance Joseph. Cardinals have the, a top five scoring defense. They're phenomenal against the pass. Vance Joseph's only gotten better each of his three years with the Cardinals. He's already been a head coach, and a lot of people think he's in line to get another head coaching job at the end of the year. So those are two things that really stand out. Um, on top of, you know, two uh, draftable ride wide receivers, Rondell Moore in the second, and then just around later, John Brown in 2014, he was a third round pick. Those are the best two rookie ride receivers the Cardinals have drafted in this time frame. I mean, you think Rondell Moore, everything in Campbell is best rookie training camp for receivers since John Brown. So you look at all these parallels and you think, okay, both flush with talent, both Should compete for a championship. We know it derailed the 2014 team. Hopefully, it's not going to be the case this season. I don't think it will.
1: Well, whether it's Chris Strebler or... And again, I don't know why I cannot remember the guy that they just reportedly picked up. Johnny, what's his name? McSchool. My goodness. For some reason, his name... It's not an
0: easy... It's not a John Smith... you know, it's a, uh, it's a tra- Trace yeah, is think, unique.
1: You would think that that would be since it's unique, that I would be able to remember it. Like people, people forget my name. And I'm like, how many times have you heard Cheerston before? Like, how, how can you forget a name like Cheerston? Like I always say, you know, Cheerson, like a cheerleader. And like, how do you f- possibly forget that? Because it is unique. And so the fact that I cannot remember Trace McSorley when it's how many free? There's probably one Trace McSorley in the entire universe, and the probably. Fact that I can't remember his name is killing me. I'm sorry, Mick, I've been there, I know the Mick in
0: there too, throws it off. Like Mick, Mcnugget, Mick what? <laughs> so no, I'm with you. I forgot it yesterday on the show. I couldn't think I of it either.
1: Well, you for I forgot it yesterday on the show. I forgot it again on the show today. So I need to. Apparently, I need to like write his name on a sticky note every time I go. I'm before I'm going to go on t, on a on a show because I. I just it's not sticking with him. Uh, But what I was saying is, uh, you know, just like Ryan Lindley, I don't think whoever the Cardinals third string quarterback would be, yeah. uh, would be, you know, really any better. So hopefully it doesn't get down to that for sure. I think it, trace finished with like less than a 50% completion rate in his games, yeah. like through f- four interceptions and it just, you know, It just did not work out for him, but yeah, I mean the parallels certainly are there and you know when you have one of the top defense defense wins championships, right? And so I think more than anything that was also one of the you know one of the reasons that that team had such high hopes and I think 2014 will always be a year that Cardinals fans will look back on and think of what could have been and I hope that we're turning a page here with the bye week in terms of injuries and the Cardinals continue the success that they're having at, at the trajectory that they're at. Because for sure, I think if something were to happen, like injuries or you know whatever, this this will be another. This would be one of those seasons too where Cardinals fans would look back on it and say what could have been. Because as it sits now, the Cardinals are a legit Super Bowl contender. And yeah. I, I was also thinking too, though, you know, we've been talking for a long time, but specifically, you know, this week about Cliff Kingsbury and the, the, the ascension, the maturation of his career and the last three years as an NFL head coach. Well, 2014, when the Cardinals were considered, I mean, think of all the names that were, were, were talking and where the Cardinals were at and who was the head coach. And it seems like, you know, forever ago, do you remember that viral video that uh, of Cliff doing the stanky leg at practice in the yeah. middle of the huddle? Was that in
0: 2014?
1: That was 2014.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, full circle, man. That's full unbelievable. Circle. <laughs> well,
1: why how things can change.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, I I think this Cardinal team is has a deeper, more com- competitive roster than that 2014 team. I think this season. They have a better 53-man. I do think that they had a coaching advantage that they may or may not have. I think it's jury's still on Cliff. Can he, can he win in the playoffs? We know Bruce Aarons is Super Bowl winning head coach. I know he hadn't won one at that time, but he won one as an, as an assistant. And what he's done with Tampa Bay kind of reinforces that. But I, I do think that this roster, Kyler Murray, is a better player right now than Carson Palmer was in 2014. They're skilled players right now. I mean, they were re- overly reliant. Fitz was still a good player. Michael Floyd was hit or miss, and Brown was a rookie. They didn't really have a fourth option, and then certainly not a tight end, and their offensive line was just was pretty average. Uh, this skilled position group, I think we talked about it yesterday, is a large reason why Colt McCoy was able to have success Sunday against Seattle. When you're just able to pick up a Ertz at the trading deadline, and he is just still a supremely gifted player at tight end, I mean, the Cardinals really have not had a presence like that in Arizona. Goodness. I, it's, it's been so long. The Jackie Smiths of the world, when this franchise was humped at that position, that was three decades ago, mm-hmm. three, four decades ago. So to me, I, I think that defensively, maybe not as well coached. Cause I, I think very highly of Todd Bowles, but the talents better. The Cardinals in 2014 did not have a pass rush. Um, they had to manufacture pressure. They had a great secondary, but they could not get pressure off the edge this year They're going to have two guys that are going to sleepwalk their way to 10 sacks and Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden. And then they've got a slew of other players on their front seven, like Simmons, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Phillips, Watt when he was healthy, Zach Allen that can get upfield and pressure the quarterback. So I think the talent is way better, which is great. That's a testament to Steve Kahn coaching TBD. But I mean, like, goodness, each passing week, it's it's tougher and tougher to doubt Cliff Kingsbury's ability to win in this league.
1: So you think Todd Bowles is a better defensive coordinator than Vance Joseph?
0: I do, yeah. it's it's Todd Bowles came into this organization in 2013, and he had been an interim coach for the Dolphins. He was a mix for head jobs before this. Bruce Arians, the story goes, wanted to go to Chicago. He thought he was going to get the Chicago job. And they were going to offer it to him, but he wanted to bring Bowls with him, and and the Bears wanted somebody else. They didn't want to bring Bowls into the mix. They were, They had a, a, a ancient scheme defensively where they ran a 4-3, wide nine, and so Bruce didn't get the job. The Cardinals were the last team to hire a head coach in, in 2013. So they came to Arizona. They got Bowls into the mix. They had a top-10 defense his first year in 2013. Vance was slow build, right? They were they were pretty bad his first year, and a lot of that was talent related. And then last year they were better 13th, I believe. And this year they're going to be a top five to seven unit. I like Vance. I think I think he's got a bright career. I think he deserves another head coaching job. To me, Todd Bowles went to New York with the Jets and won 10 games with the New York Jets that are one of the worst organizations in all pro football. Took Ryan Fitzpatrick and Bill Belichick and and won 10 games. They didn't make the playoffs. Think about how crazy that is. But they won 10 games. So it's close. But Todd, Todd, in my opinion, is probably the best defensive coordinator in the NFL.
1: So it has nothing to do with Vance's use of Zayvon Collins.
0: I mean, you want to go there? I don't <laughs> really.
1: <laughs> I just know There's you have a, a big goal asterisk. With Because you want to see Zayvon out there.
0: Well, and I, I'm sure he spoke about it today, didn't he? Talked about my guy. Listen, I, you just, we get questions about it. Um, I love Vance. He's playing Marco Wilson in the secondary. He's played, you know, rookie defensive tackles before. I just think that it is a like a bugaboo with that position. It's just he's got an issue with playing rookies at inside linebacker. And I, I put this out there on Twitter. It if we weren't we hadn't just gone through it with Simmons, I think we could raise a lot of questions, especially after Kime anointed Saving Collins after they drafted him. For for them to not play zavin Collins, or excuse me, for him to play zavin Collins all year, you would have had to cut Jordan Hicks. The minute Jordan Hicks was on this roster, Vance Joseph could not help himself. And he's like, I, I control the defense, and he does. I'm going to do what I want to do. And kudos to him. It's worked out. I um, I still think uh, um, Zabin Collins, uh, Collins is going to be a really good player but well
1: so since you since you mentioned it he did talk about Zaven. I know we're getting off topic here a little bit, but we, he did talk about Zaven today and he mentioned that Zaven got nicked a couple of weeks ago which kind of set him back and but then threw in there he basically said listen he got nicked said he missed a couple weeks of practice which set him back and then used the the phrase most rookies it's on their terms as far as how fast they grow, which I feel like was intentional. I also feel That's like it's shot. sort of curious. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. But then I'm also wondering a lot of people were like, okay, well, he was never on the injury report. And to be honest with you, I don't know the ins and outs like of it. I mean, there, there's no way that he just missed a couple of practices and wasn't on the injury report so he has to be kind of fibbing a little bit in that regard I don't know the deal like if anybody's banged up in any way at all whatsoever it's like they they have to report it is there a way what I'm getting at is there a a legitimate way that Zavin could be banged up or could have been banged up which limited him in practice to in any degree and the Cardinals wouldn't have had to put him on the injury report
0: yeah I I think so because uh, he hasn't missed a game yet um he got knocked out of the Packer game. He was playing a lot leading up to the Packer game. He played a lot in Cleveland. I think I checked I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do this on the fly so this is not good podcasting this I always apologize. goes well
1: when we try this, this, this
0: <laughs> but I'm gonna do it on the fly um, I'm gonna pull up the team report on Pro Football Focus just because I can pull up his snaps leading into the last couple of weeks. So I I have it here. That did not blow up in my face, thank God. Against the Niners, he played 34 snaps. Against the Browns, he played 16, but he was the highest-rated player that day. Against uh, against Houston, he played 32 snaps. So that's a three-week span where he was playing more and more. And he only didn't play against L.A. because... I think there was an issue with putting him out there and, and getting taken advantage of by Sean McVay, but he was averaging through the first seven weeks of the season, about 25 to 30 snaps. Okay. Which is a little bit more than what Simmons had last year. The last two games before Carolina, he played three snaps against green Bay. Cause he got hurt. He played three snaps against San Francisco. He played 23 snaps in relief of Tanner Vallejo against Carolina did not play well. And I think it's a it's a combination of a lot of things. He's nicked up, he's he's not picking it up as fast as Vance would like it. He was an academic all American. And everything that we heard about him coming out of Tulsa, and I like people roll their eyes at that. That's a real thing. Okay. Like school is not school is hard for a lot of people. He he was a straight A student and he was the captain of the defense at Tulsa and he called the defense. He is not dumb, right? But the NFL is a different game and he has to pick it up. I think the frustrating part, Cheerson, is that we look at the run defense and how poor it's been. And like you would just assume, like, hey, put, put saving Collins. he's huge. He's, he's almost 6'5, he's 260 pounds. Like that'll fix it. According to Vance, no, that will not fix it. That could potentially make it worse. I wrote an article a couple weeks ago and it's like, this is before Tanner Vallejo went on IR, he's six foot. Like 220, like, of course you're getting run over in the run game. And Simmons is not a great run defender. So all that to say, and I'm, we, I was supposed to do a comparison. Dale Buchanan in 2014 played a lot under Todd Bowles and had a really good season. He was a hybrid linebacker. Why can't that be with Savion? And, and what's going on with him? I thought Vance would play him more to begin the season in the preseason. He played a ton. They played all three linebackers. They had a good mix I think that's just gets cold feet. He does not he would rather Jordan Hicks not make a play but he be in position to make the play than Zavian Collins be out of position completely and have no chance. That's probably the best way I can rationalize it.
1: Well, I I hear what you're saying. I there's just like a part of me that's not totally buying that because <laughs> I just can't imagine I feel like Vance is getting more flack for not playing him than okay. he would be had he been playing him and he's getting his, his butt whooped. So in my opinion, if he was ready and he wouldn't be saying stuff in press conferences like, you know, when it comes to rookies, they sort of they it's it's sort of up to them how how quickly they they catch up and in and, and yeah. you know. Uh, are able to get out on the field. And so. Acclimate.
0: Yeah.
1: Ac- right. And so I, I get what you're saying, but I just cannot fully buy into that notion. It's gotta be something that we're not seeing behind closed doors that Zaven just isn't picking up or something else is going on. I have to trust Vance. And because I feel like it worked out with Isaiah Simmons where, you know, he, he's had a a couple games where he's gotten exposed, but aside from that, Isaiah Simmons has had a really great second year with the Cardinals Mm -hmm. and Vance said a lot of similar things last year. I remember doing a one-on-one with him and just saying like, listen, like a lot of people are wondering why we're not seeing Isaiah Simmons. Like what, what, what's the deal. And he was just like, when they're ready, they're ready. And, I think, you know, with Isaiah, is probably a little bit different because of the offseason, because of COVID, and, you know, having to pick things up was just a lot more difficult for rookies last year. But, you know, he was like, it's this similar situation, super bright young man, uh, very, very, very smart, put academics first, prided himself on academics, played just about every position in, in college, and played it well. And he just didn't pick up the game, you know, quick enough. Or as as quick that uh, as the fans would like to have had him, and so I gotta trust Vance on this. So I get what you're saying, not 100% buying it.
0: It's frustrating because you see Micah Parsons go six picks ahead, and they were the they were the two that were compared. Micah Parsons is gonna be the runaway defensive rookie of the year, and Dallas allows him to work through his mistakes. I buy the Simmons excuse because Simmons played, as you mentioned, every position at Clemson and the learning curve was bigger and they didn't touch him for six months because of the pandemic. Like Xavier played this position at Tulsa. He's been with the team since rookie mini OTAs, all that good stuff. Like he's been around and he played the entire preseason. Isaiah didn't have a preseason. Right.
1: right. Which uh,
0: I, I just, I thought that he would play more. Now, if, if it's not a problem, we don't have a conversation to have. It's a problem for next year. You, you figure it out. But if the run defense is awful and it costs them a Super Bowl because they can't figure it out, that, that's going to be an indictment on him. And I, I did a little research before our show today, and I was wrong about this. I thought Jordan Hicks was a free agent after this year. I thought thought he signed a three-year deal with the team. No, no, no. He's under contract next year for a reasonable amount of money. His his cap hit next year is about $9 million his base salary is just under 5 million. If I were to pose this question to you now, is Jordan Hicks at over 30 years old a part of this team next year, what would you say?
1: Oh my. Well, I would say if we're still having the same conversation at the end of the year that we are now about Zaven's development, I would say yeah, right, you have to keep him around. If Zaven is, you know, is Finishes the season out, and we're—it's a completely different conversation than what we're having. And he's a huge part of what they're doing, and maybe Jordan Hicks's role dwindles. Um, then I would say, okay, we're having a different conversation. Probably not going to be around next year. Um, but right now, the conversation is what it is. Zayvin just isn't getting in the game uh, at this it's- point, and Vance Joseph is saying, uh, you know, it's basically it's on him.
0: I think the only way he's not on the team is if Vance Joseph is also not on the team and coaching (laughs) somewhere else. And then he goes and and they make a trade or they pluck Jordan Hicks.
1: Well, why would you want to get rid of him? There's no reason why you you want to get rid of him. I remember what he did in terms of kind of just selling Zach Ertz and coming to Arizona. He's a guy that's taken Zayvon Collins under his wing and has set the tone for that group, even for the defense as a leader, as somebody you can look up to that handles adversity and serious adversity, might I add, in a way that you, you know, you want your players to, to handle it. So I would say Jordan Hicks is a very valuable part of this team. And so if you can keep him around, especially if he's under contract, uh, I would say keep him around. The only way you wouldn't is if you, you know, if you can know if you're gonna you want to trade him because you want to bring somebody else in and Zayvon Collins is is definitely gonna be your guy next year and, and moving forward which I, that's that was the plan. No, you know so
0: it's the plan like in May that they were they talked about the remember Kime's line we had these or it was Kime or Kingsbury we had these huge trees in the middle of our defense. Remember that line uh-huh. we had six four and six five inside backers. Well
1: that was well, that was Steve Kime. That was Steve Keim yeah. first and then <laughs> and then two weeks record. ago it was
0: ju- it was Jordan Hicks and Tanner Vallejo and then and Simmons was playing some safety. And it's just like, what happened to my trees? I need my trees to stop the run against Carolina. So I, I'm with you. I don't I don't dislike Hicks. I was in the same camp as the team where like clearly they, they thought they needed to upgrade because he didn't play well last year. So they took a backer at 16. Now he's played much better this year.
1: All right, before we move on, if you have Loved what we're doing so far at PHNX. A little over two months since we launched, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. Has flown by uh, and want to yes. become a part of the fam. Feel free to sign up, be a member, become a member. And you're going to get a free t-shirt if you're choosing at phnxlocker.com. We mentioned yesterday that J.J. Watt tweeted out, I mean, dot, 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 which what everybody knew meant that uh, he was referring to his famous quote, maybe we're just effing better, which we have on a t-shirt and it is one of our best sellers. So you can pick that it's up. Great. Or if you're you know, a fan of the Cardinals, Coyotes, Diamondbacks, ASU, U of A, mm-hmm. and you want to get uh, one of those t-shirts to rep, you can do that as well. Or you can just rep PHNX because we've got some black and white PHNX tees on our, on our website as well. So anyone can buy a shirt, phnxlocker.com. But if you become a member, which we would really appreciate, then you can get one for free. Love it. All right. Let's move into our final segment, Johnny. Okay. Which is some fun facts and stats from Sunday's game against the seahawks which there were plenty of them i'm all about the stats that when we first started this we would do a little stat game and i would try to stump you etc because it's just a, a fun way to get them in because they're super interesting but for the last few weeks we just haven't had many games that were loaded with stats so
0: we've been too busy winning on yeah Sundays. too busy
1: <laughs> Right. Uh, So let's start with uh, Chandler Jones. He had two sacks on Sunday, which gave him 12 and a half career sacks in Seattle, which puts him in the top 10 for sacks in the stadium's history. He's the only one not to play for the Seahawks, and he's played just six games there. The others in the top ten played between 20 and 72. That's wild. Wow. Chandler, there's something about Seattle that Chandler Jones gets up for.
0: Well, and I think it's it's good news too. He's got three sacks in the last three games. So are we starting to see now him creeping up to the kind of player that we thought of? The, the great thing about Marcus Golden all year is like it's about almost like a sack per game, you know, that's coming. Chandler had that five sack game. And then that long stretch of no production in terms of bringing down the quarterback. Then he was out with COVID, so uh, I'm I'm hoping this is the start of Chandler Jones getting on his mojo a little bit because they're they're gonna if the Cardinals are going to win a Super Bowl this year, and that is the bar now. We've reached that point. They're the overwhelming favorites. DraftKings Sportsbook app has them at minus five hundred to win the NFC West, which cheers them. What that means is. You'd have to bet $500 just to win $100. How, that's how heavy a favorite they are via the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So we've raised the bar now. It's a, it's a Super Bowl mentality. If the Cardinals are, are going to win their first Super Bowl in franchise history, they need Chandler Jones to be the kind of player he was Sunday against Seattle.
1: Well, you mentioned the DraftKings Sportsbook app, so I might as well remind everybody that this Thanksgiving is the perfect time to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you have not already. Uh, They've got multiple promotions going on. If you're a new customer, bet $1 on any Thanksgiving NFL game, win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. And again, for all customers, you're going to get a risk-free bet up to $25 if your same game parlay does not win So that's for the Thanksgiving games only. But uh, here's a promotion that anybody can take advantage of, even if you already have downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, So definitely get in on it. Love taking advantage of some of those opportunities where you can get risk free bets. Going, uh, or money in, in free bets going as well, so they've got that going on on the DraftKings Sportsbook app on Thanksgiving. All right, also, I wanted to mention that Chandler tweeted out something pretty interesting. He said, After yeah. the four sack game in 2019 against the Hawks, I put my cleats in my bedroom closet for memorabilia. Saturday morning, I dug those bad boys out blew the dust off them and packed them for the trip. Same laces soles, and all LOL hashtag superstitious. Mm. But he doesn't mean that he like wore those just that they're like in his bag.
0: No, I think he wore them. Oh, that's what I read that as. Because mm. I think there was a comment from somebody underneath saying, let's dust off the five sack cleats from the Tennessee game. And he said, those got basically ruined after that game. Cause he wore them all throughout camp. And so he no longer has those cleats. So okay, I read so that he as he dust
1: them off. He means he dusted them off and wore them. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, Can we keep those? Can we duct tape
0: those bad boys? Wear them the rest of the year?
1: Those should no be. No new cleats. I would love it. If every time that he plays in Seattle from here on out, he brings those cleats out because that's a very interesting stat. And those should be worth some money. <laughs> For sure,
0: Chant, when Chandler's right, there's not a better pass rusher in the NFL. It just—it was so difficult to watch him go disappearing in games f- for long stretches of the season. But I mean, you just knew when they had that sack on the first possession, like it's going to be his kind of afternoon. Yeah. And then Marcus does such a great job feeding off of Chandler. That's how you win a championship: elite pass rush and elite quarterback play. And the Cardinals have both of those, which gives them an opportunity.
1: So did you say did you say Marcus? Yeah. Okay, because you you're you're that internet is much better than it was, but you cut no, out. For no, a no, 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 <laughs> no. It, it's. What I was gonna say. No, we, everything's great, Johnny. Appreciate it. Just like cut out for like a quick second there, but uh, gotcha. Because I was gonna mention that he secured his tenth sack of the season on Sunday, which earned yeah. him a $500,000 incentive and that was the third sack incentive that he's reached this season which is incredible if he gets another 3 sacks he's going to earn another million dollars that's according to Field Yates so he's racking up the incentives and he was asked today you know when you've got so much money built into incentives is that does that put a little more stress on you knowing that you've got to perform in order to get that money and here's what he had to say Of course, uh, it was tough because, um, at first, but I didn't did it before. I did it before when I was in New York. And once you do something one time, it's like you believe you can do it no matter what. So now I got the confidence when, when we was writing the contract, I was already smiling because I knew I was going to get it. So now after you do it one time and you get the second opportunity to do it again, it's, it's like, it's easy. It's way easier. So I kind of knew I was going to get it this time. I'm just, happy I'm able to have teammates and have the coaches be able to help me out and put me in a position to get it. But I was pretty confident
0: once we wrote that contract up this offseason.
1: He was confident. He was ready for the challenge. Challenge accepted.
0: It's like so many players get paid for their past success in the NFL and then they just kind of coast, right? That's happened to the Cardinals many, many times. And then you've got a guy saying, "Okay, I may look like I'm underpaid. Let's put these incentives into my contract because I know I'm going to hit them. I have that belief in myself, so... Are there two better contracts in the NFL right now than Marcus Golden at what he's making at just over, I think, like $2 million? And then Colt McCoy, who is making just over $1 million. I tweeted something out before the show. His signing bonus, you know how much that was? Under $200,000 oh, for this gosh. year. That's, that's what his signing bonus was, and he won two road divisional games. How Teams like like the Chicago's of the world, teams that are struggling— what would they pay for that kind of production? I know because they're paying Andy Dalton $10 million to be a backup right now. And and he's not putting together that kind of performance. Kudos to Steve Keim and the Cardinals cap management team. Phenomenal job.
1: All right. We'll finish it up with one more stat. Arizona's defense obviously led by VJ held Seattle to 13 points. We know that it was their NFL best eighth game of 2021, holding opponents to 20 or fewer since the start of 2020 Arizona has held opponents to 20 or fewer and an NFL best 16 times and 12 of the last 17.
0: The Give bend but not- credit. I know the bend, but not break approach. We love. I love to dog on the run defense. It doesn't ma- Yards are the most hollow stat in the yes, NFL. Yes. If you are not putting up points and you're not surrendering points, it does not matter. The Cardinals could give up 600 yards, but if they have four turns forced and, and keep the, the other team under 20 points, they're going to win the game. So uh, to me, just we want to question a lot about what these coaches do, but there's a method to their madness. You just have to trust Vance Joseph at this point. I think most of us felt like, especially after the Carolina performance, the defense was going to play well Sunday. I felt that way. I just didn't think Colt McCoy could do what he did. But the I felt like the, the Cardinal defense would respond, and, and they kept them in that game.
1: I agree. Let's bring in NFL AZ Cardinals
0: oh, to I saw this question. finish
1: out our show. This person is asking if you could invite one Cardinal player this year to Thanksgiving dinner, who would you invite? Let's end it on this note.
0: Oh, man. Um, Cardinal player this year, probably historically it would have been Larry. Uh, Larry's not on the team anymore. Um, can I, I – it probably would be Cliff if I could pick anybody, but as a player, who do you think would be fun to eat with? Because, like, I don't know, like, Kyler and Dehop, do these guys have, like, strict eating regimens? I don't want to be limited on what I what I would or wouldn't eat. Maybe somebody like probably J.J. Watt. I would probably want to have Thanksgiving with J.J. Watt and his family.
1: I would say, J.J., since you picked him, I'm going to go a different route. You're all about having fun and eating on Thanksgiving, which I am too. But if I had the opportunity to sit Kyler down and just say, listen, listen, we know you don't care for reporters. okay? we know it. But like, how can we better shape the relationship between you, me, the rest of the the reporters that are on the Cardinals beat. W- Did we do something wrong? How can we? And
0: then he's gonna say, "I've lost my appetite, Cheerson. I'm getting out of here." <laughs>
1: <laughs> In all seriousness, it, it, Kyler's great with media, but we definitely know that at the, that talking with reporters is not his favorite thing. So, if I had a chance no. to invite him to dinner, say, "Kyler, I'm not, I'm not scary." you know like we Sometimes. can talk we can have fun you know it doesn't well we're in these press conferences they don't even all have to be questions about football right like so <laughs> i'm gonna go with kyler since you took my JJ watt well just a reminder if you have not subscribed to our podcast wherever you get your podcast or our youtube channel please do so follow us on social media at phnx underscore sports we will see you guys tomorrow